Oh boy, here we are back again, friends. Uh, so glad that you're with us, Father Brian O'Brien, pastor of St. Francis Xavier here in Stillwater. Uh, joined by Father Kerry Wakulich, pastor of St. John Catholic Student Center at Oklahoma State University. Go Pooks! Hey, hey. season is on the horizon, and that is awesome. Uh, so Father Kerry is on sabbatical and is also here in our living room. By locating. We decided to, so usually we record, you know, kind of the week of, and, and, you know, it's very timely, you know, we're not like a topical podcast in terms of sort of hot topics of the day, but we recorded <laughs> when we don't want to be, we don't, you can get that, you can get that elsewhere. We, we decided to re- kind of record a lot, uh, you know, sort of ahead because Father Kerry was gone for the months of June and July uh, on his sabbatical. And I'm also bilocating. You know, I asked, and that is good. And so, wherever he is right now, I hope he's doing great. I'm in Medjugorje. Oh, there you are. uh, Hey, hey, I'm in Medjugorje visiting uh, the country. Is that in Um, Bosnia Herzegovina? Oh, there it is. Formerly Yugoslavia. Yeah. When I think when I think Medjugorje, I think of Yugoslavia. I think maybe Yugoslavia is not a country. I think maybe I'm in Croatia, but I'm not really sure. I actually looked that up. um, I know zero passport. Say. Um, my passport says America. Oh, <laughs> land of the free, home of America. To be in America. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't um, I don't know anything. That's a great song. Where at least I know I'm free. And it's like people are free in other countries too. <laughs> sometimes, know. sometimes. Yeah. Uh, this is the. Um, I'm going to all these Marian. I'm trying to. I'd like to in my lifetime see the, all the Marian apparitions shrines. All of them. All of them. And I'm down. How to, many are there? I, I have two left. What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Knock is the Holy Trinity, uh, so and it's like way out in the middle of nowhere. So the Marian apparition shrines are Guadalupe, check, been there. Um, check. They are Champion, Wisconsin, check. Nope. Yeah, it is. No, I just I, I have not been there. Oh, uh, yep. Check that one off the list. Benu and Barang, Belgium. Nope. Check. Check. Um, been there. Lords. Ooh, check. Check. Fatima. No. Nope. Check. Nope. And so what is left is uh, Medjugorje, uh, which is not officially approved yet. But, you know, when people say like, oh, my gosh, there's, it's not officially approved and it's been going for 20 years. I'm like, and there's lots of cool stuff going on there. Yeah. Lots of healing. So it's and not like a it's not like a recommended. I mean, yeah. if you had to say, should I go to Medjugorje or Guadalupe? Guadalupe. Well, some people would say go to both. Working we'll no less both. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, then there's one in Japan that's approved oh. that I've never been to, and one in Africa. So I'm um, hopefully check them off the list eventually. And uh, this one, yep. Wow, the mayor, very cool. Uh huh. So one of the things uh, we are we talk about all kinds of things on our our little show here. Like Parish boundaries last week. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, that, that, was, good that one. was. We probably need to go more in depth on that. I think there'll still be some questions. Um, Do you think there's, gonna- there's really interesting canons about like what a pastor is supposed to be? Yeah, it's very challenging, and, and it's also it like talks- about zeal. Also, yeah. I was going to say it talks about like what, like the yearly blessing of your parishioners' homes and stuff like that. But if if you have a parishioner, we have a thousand households. I know, but if you have a parishioner that lives forty miles away, three a day every day, yeah, yeah, that'd be hard. You have to do that. I mean, just in one day. Yeah. Ooh, hard. Yeah, like blessing of people's homes and uh, and um, at Christmas time during the uh, Trudeau, uh during Epiphany. the 
Um, yeah, the epiphany mm-hmm. blessing. I mean, that is like if you if your parish boundaries are really big, I could do it if there, you know, if I just people open the door, I walked in, I <laughs> bless, I I blessed their house, I walked out, I got back in my car. I could do a lot of house blessings that way. I I went to bless Lauren Weber's uh, house the other day uh, here in Stillwater, and her uh, her and her mom were were both there. And that house blessing took an hour because well, you want to talk. Yeah, People want to feed you. We sat outside and chatted and talked it about life. I mean, that's a, as a pastor, I, I uh-huh. offer when we have a new family come in or a new individual, you know, I'm always like, gosh, welcome to the parish. So glad you're here. Unless you're from outside our parish boundaries. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> just kidding. Uh, and then, and like, Hey, you know, just you know, let us know if you need anything. We're here to help you. And um, you know, have you ever had your house blessed? And a lot of people, you know, have, but a lot of people are like, no, I haven't. No, that'd be so good. And for me, it's like a way, it's like an, a way in of like, you know, to, to, to bless their house, which is good, but then also to get to know them yeah, and to really welcome them to the, to the parish. We, when students come to school, we give them a bottle of exorcism yes. water. Yeah. 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 Oh, I need to I'm remind to, um, to, uh, put Father Porter on that this summer. Cause I'm not doing it in June. He's gone already. Oh, by the time this podcast by the time airs, this airs, Father Porter is dead to us. Well, you know what? I'm going to travel back in time. He is as no part more. of my my locating skills, so and I'm going to send him an email. I'm sending him a text that maybe he'll get a month from now. Yeah, I'm going to put a space time continuum because luckily we're in a multiverse, and I can just transmit it across. Does this have something to do with Chat GPT? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, no. <laughs> we should do a whole, we need to do an episode on artificial intelligence. I just read, did you read the, the air force, um, simulation that they did uh-uh. that they're using AI. So like, like manned drones run by a or drones run by unmanned drones run by AI. Well, there's there, the, the, the simulation they did. There's a guy who has the ability to like shut it down. Well, the AI tried to eliminate that guy. Like Terminator. Yes. Scary. Terminator. Scary Scary stuff. Oh, and it'll write your term papers for you. (laughs) Um, And your homilies. I've only, I've, I've only, I've only, I've only used chat GPT for like half my homilies. Oh, really? It's really handy. It tells tells good stories. That's so lame. I'm just kidding. I never. I never. There was. Let me. So. So yes. So Jesus. My dear people, let me tell you the story about a cricket. Love. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We want to talk today about the Eucharist. We've talked about the Eucharist before, but we are still in the midst of the Eucharistic revival. One very interesting thing. One note. Um, you're going to see this in the parish. Uh, maybe we've done it already. Um, is Bishop Condor sent a memo. Uh, that said he wants every parish to have Eucharistic adoration after Mass on the first Sunday of every month. When did you send that memo? Yesterday. Was I, was I here? Yesterday slash oh, June. I, I haven't read it second. yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. There's some logistical problems that make me nervous. Like, I just don't know how to do that. I don't, that's not something that like, I, I, I got to see it. So I think somebody's got to send us some instructions about how to do it. Cause then I'll, then I'll, then it'll be awesome. But I, but I love it. it, but I love it. So one of the things that um, father Healy and I decided to do, and this will be all be in the past, but 
Father Healy and I decided we're going to do like a little preaching series. Oh, yeah. And so in the month of June, um, preaching on the Eucharist, various okay. aspects of the Eucharist. Okay. And then in the month of July, preaching on the Sabbath and taking the Lord's Day more seriously as a parish. Yes. As families, as individuals. Serious. But we've never done that. We've never done sort of a series before. But yep. Father Healy and I were like, let's do it. We're on the same page. Anyway, one of the homilies that, we're ga- that we mm-hmm. gave in June, or we're giving in June, is called How to Explain the Eucharist to Other People. And I would like to explore that with you, Father Kerry. because I, I think especially you, because you are on a college campus. Mm-hmm. And so when you're, you know, you do a lot of things in the church for, you know, for Catholics. But then you also spend a lot of time yeah. out and about. You talk to Baptists and Methodists and atheists and Muslims and, you know, a lot of students who just don't know what the heck is going on or don't know what they believe. Um, and so you end up explaining the Eucharist to other people a lot, including to Catholics oh. who maybe are not, have not, were not well formed yeah. in their faith, 70%. have questions about the Eucharist. So give us, a, if somebody's, if somebody just like walks up to you on campus and they were like, Hey, are you a priest? You would say, yeah, yes. And they would say, what, like, what is the deal? Catholics and the bread. Like, what are you guys doing with that? Yeah. I, I, what would you say? The the first, I would say something to start off with. Like, let's, hi, I'm Father Kerry. Yeah, let's talk about food. Do you like food? Like, yeah. Like, tell me your favorite food. Oh, uh, my favorite food? Oh, me personally, my favorite food is Ethiopian. Father Kerry Wakulich loves Ethiopian. Uh, it's great because they come out and serve it and serve up. You eat it with your hands. Yeah, you eat it with your hands, and then your hands smell great for a couple of days. You eat it with bread and like take. There's a place in Oklahoma City. There was one in South Tulsa, uh, Denver on Colfax. Is Ethiopian restaurants first, and the second is the Himalayan restaurant in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Free publication, free, Ooh, free advertisement right there. I just uh, love it. A Himalayan grocery store closed on Mondays. Uh, it's amazing. And so you like food too, yeah? Because a lot of people are foodies, right? What's your favorite food? Uh, well, I, I like chili dogs from Sonic. Great, me too. Like, what, do you put mustard on them? So I get them going in the conversation about food, and everybody needs food. So in the Old Testament, God feeds his people a lot. A lot. A lot, a lot. Have you ever read the Old Testament? No, I haven't. Well, let me, t- let me tell you about the Old Testament and food. And then you start to build this conversation. Have you you read any of the books of the Old Testament? No, uh, I haven't. Well, okay. Let's start with, and then we'll go through like, start with something easy like Exodus. Because it's very clear that, or you go back to Abraham, uh, not Abraham, but um, uh, Joseph in, um, in, in Egypt. Everybody needs food. Everybody needs food to survive. And there's all these things that grow. Okay, you need food. And like, like the basic building block of most culture in their food is bread. 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 Everybody has, water. everybody has bread. When the war in Ukraine broke out, everybody was worried because Ukraine is the bread basket of Europe. It's like the one thing I remember from sixth grade geography. Ukraine, bread basket. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's start with that. So, well, okay. Everybody needs food and people eat bread. It's the basic, you know, tortillas, uh, naan, uh, loaves of bread. You know, you see them. In- I love naan. Oh. Let's do a whole episode on naan. 
<laughs> Let me go back to the Ethiopian food. Uh, they, they have that butter, this buttermilk bread that they put out that you eat with. Every Everybody has it. And so you were fed, right, by your parents? Like you didn't ask them to feed you, right? Oh, uh, no. Uh, I did not, they didn't ask me to feed me. I'm, I'm like doing this two-part show right here. Um, they they fed you. They, they nursed you. Random college student played they, by Father Kerry Wakulich. They nursed you. Uh, oh, is a random college student? Okay, then I'm gonna go, I, I gotta change the voice. Yo, bro, father, hey, word, I, dude. I, got, I got this question. Yeah, it's like really getting at me. Um, and the other the other flakos who I asked this question of, they like ghosted me the other day and would never call me back. Like, oh, so lame. Anyway, so the the like your parents fed you right, and they knew you knew. That you needed to eat? No. No, I didn't. They they fed you just like they gave you food and they kept you alive and they and they and they made sure that you could get on this life journey, right? Well, that's the story of the Old Testament. God is constantly feeding his people to bring them any good parent yeah, is gonna feed their kids. To bring them on this journey of life first to the promised land across the Jordan because there's this manna in the book of Exodus and God feeds his people this bread that they get and that bread continues on the way to the Jordan River and at the Jordan River when they cross yeah. in the promised land uh, bread gone yeah. and, when, and, and then God has prepared this beautiful land for them to eat freely they know what kind of fruits are there like grapes and stuff like that they know what, it's land flowing they say with milk, milk and, and honey, honey. It's not really like flowing with milk on, but there's lots of bees there, and you know, you that get is it. Honey it's, flow. It's very, it's very thick. It needs to become more viscous. It's like thirty weight oil. Anyway, I take you down like castor oil. Anyway, I so I would start with something like that to make it really easy to talk to them about the natural things of food. Then, like you've, this has been going on in your life. Well, let me tell you about the story of Israel, and then. I would dive into the into the gospel and say the God is continually doing this. Let me give you an example, and He's feeding them with different things, and primarily He wants to feed them with this food, which is bread, but not it's not natural bread. It's bread that has come down from heaven, and it's Jesus, the Lord. And do people that's like people take that at face value, or they what 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 do, what are people? There's sometimes some like pushback because uh, it depends on who your crowd is, your audience. It when we talk to when we talk to just you know regular like run of the mill college students, you kind of have to get it packed in there really tight because maybe they're going to class. Yeah, or, they're on their way. Or, you know, as Caroline Radka said they to me one time, date. we have a, an attention span of a goldfish. Like my name on her phone is Father Goldfish. Uh, so yeah, everybody, yeah, all of us have right. short attention spans. And so we're trying to like get to the story real fast and, but also draw the other person into the conversation. It's not just, we're not just talking mouths at people, but we're trying to the, bring in their, their experience. Or, yep. Yeah. And then build that vulnerability based trust is, uh, in there as well. Just build trust, build trust. You in love that phrase. I do. And, and then when we talk to them about the Eucharist, especially John chapter six, which is, 365 days before the Passover. So they hear John 6 and John, uh, uh, Peter at the end of it is like, we have no idea what you're saying, uh, but you have the words of eternal life. And 
they have that conversation. And then 365 days from there is then the Passover. Wow. And I never realized that. It's like, how are we going to do this? And then Jesus says, this is my body. This oh. is my blood. Yeah. Love that. So that that's it. Now, now there will be the, a dispute in there because sometimes people who based on their religion will say, well, these words are spirit and life. So he's really, the, these are spiritual words, not actual words. And so with that, that's a that, distinction I'm uh, not comfortable with. Yeah. And then we have to go in there like, well, okay, let's unpack that. What do you mean by spirit life? Let's look at the whole thing as opposed to just this little phrase right here. What, what, what are you talking about spirit life? So that's when, so, I mean, you, you run into all kinds of different people. How would you explain the Eucharist? I mean, to, to sort of a hardcore sort of Bible, um, scripture only, um, Solo you know, Baptist scripture. evangelical, you know, who that, that, that Catholicism is kind of hocus pocus and you guys are all about the works and, um, you know, a lot of those kind of criticisms that, I, I that would take come at us. I would take them down the same road of building that trust of knocking down the barriers and, and showing them that we know the scriptures as well. Yep. There, there is the, uh, the assumption sometimes that Catholics don't know the Bible. And if, if you don't know the scriptures or, and this is the summer is a really great time to like learn about this father, uh, father Mike's Bible of the years to go in and find that or his catechism or even uh, Bishop Robert Barron has, you can go to the Corpus Christi talks and articles he's written and they're just packed full of brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so brilliant stuff there. So you, I always try to start with let's let's just let's lower the bar and like have a human relationship first. Let's talk and just get to know each other and talk about food and and then from that skirt skirt segue. I just love the idea. I mean, you said it that God all throughout the scriptures, God feeds his people. Yeah. So the parallels between like God feeding the people in Exodus, the Israelites wandering in the desert. Where does the bread come from? Like the sky, bread from heaven, you know? Yes, yes, and yes. then you parallel that to the Last Supper. You parallel that to John chapter 6. And it, and it just, yeah, just it and, flows nicely. And for people who are hardcore, I, get, I just take them to the dialogue between Jesus and the crowd, the crowd of 15,000. And I'll say, did they understand what he said? This is John chapter six. John chapter yeah. six. I said, okay, let's let's figure that out. Let's not think like Americans. Let's not think like Baptists and Catholics. Let's think like Jewish people first in the first century Jewish. listening to. Do you believe Jesus said these words? Because if you don't believe Jesus said these words, then let's just stop. Like we're gonna have to. That's another conversation. We'll have to stop and then regroup this conversation. So, do you believe Jesus said these words? Yes. Now. As Jesus is saying these words, what is the audience thinking? They hear Jesus say, for my flesh, my, um, my sarks, my flesh yep. is true food and my blood is true drink. So anytime Jesus says true, he's like, he's like hammering something home. And then when, as we've talked in previous episodes, when he says this, you know, like eat this, he doesn't say, he says, he doesn't say phagomai, he says trogain, 
don't just eat, gnaw on my flesh and my blood. And as he's saying these words, the people hear it. And how do they respond? Because that's, that, let's, let's not just us. Let's take the audience. And their response is, how can this man? How can this be? How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Yep. That's the response. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So they heard the words that Jesus said. They're like, um, so you want us to become cannibal? Right. That, right. That, that's what they're thinking. So you just like to explain the Eucharist, especially with John chapter six, is just to walk people line by line through it, especially if if there's a difficulty of that conversation of how the audience heard it. Because, you know, I, I was telling some people this the other day, there's Peter, you know, Peter's the spokesperson for the 12 apostles. He's the leader of the, of this band of, you know, apostles, like, like letter jackets, like big A's on the front. It's like, we've been here for two years. We, I don't know where that accent came from. We've been here for two years. I say, you were doing that last night. Cause you were wearing like, the, uh, <laughs> my huge Hawaiian shirt and you're acting like a vato. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the, like Peter's standing there and Peter's in charge of this. And you got to think like they've been at this two years now. And then the crowd leaves like 15,000 people leave. And you just got to imagine like, Peter tapping his foot and like slow blinking his eyes. Like Jesus, uh, we, we we spent the last two years building all of these disciples up and, and helping them to follow you and listen to you. And then you pull this out. And then Jesus's response is, um, what, what do you think, Peter? And Peter's like, well, you have the words of eternal life. I have no idea what you were just talking about but we'll follow you anyway. So the response of the audience is we heard what Jesus said. We comprehended what Jesus said. He wants to violate the Levitical law of drinking the blood of an animal because it is the zoo. The blood of an animal is bios, biological, but Jesus says this is Zoe life. This is eternal life. Remember, he changes those words in there and the people get it. They hear you got to do this. And they say, peace out. Yeah. I'm out of here. It's too much. It's too much. John chapter six, verse 66. And they went away. Yeah. Two times six, six, six appears in John's writings. Yeah. Is in the, in the book of revelation. And then John six, 66, but those numbers were added later. John six, six, six. But that's, they left that's, that's how you can remember. No more. Yeah. Ooh. How about to a kid? <laughs> you would dead air time is our enemy. I okay. This is my kryptonite. I don't I don't I don't I don't work with little kids. Okay, but you're going to at some point in the future. I don't know. Maybe I'll be dead by then. I'm giving myself to 65. I think that's probably a good time to like Cash in the chips, all in, all in at 65. That's only, that's 15 years from now. So I would say to a kid. Oh, please. Yeah. yeah, Come on, yeah, dude. yeah. So kids understand eating. 
Uh-huh. Um, kids understand that God loves them. Um, kids understand that they're that they you know n- there's no there's no seven year old who is like actively buying and cooking their own food. You know, so they get it that mom and dad provide provide food. At, yes. at, and why do they do that? Out of out of love, you know, at, they they provide. And so then when we say that like God also wants to feed us, um, now it get, it can get complicated, I think, with kids of like when we talk about like supernatural food, you know, that oh, there's yeah. there's food that we eat and food gives us energy, you know. So we're, when 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 we're hungry or when we haven't eaten in a while, our energy goes down. Yeah. And, and kids, I think kids understand that. Like I'm hungry or I'm tired, and then they have food, and then they're not tired anymore. Uh and so, but that 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 can happen in our spiritual life also. I get yeah. tired. Um, I'm hungry. So you know, spiritually, and that God wants to to feed us. And then, but I, but I think you know, kids understand, and I think a lot of kids, Catholic kids who have grown up, you know, they've seen in their church or in their home, um, or on Google, whatever, they've seen like an image of the Last Supper. Yeah, the idea that Jesus sat down to a meal with his friends and gave them food. They get. The, the harder part is that the, the food that he gave them was himself. Um, so, you know, we, I, I gave this, this homily at our first communion really? in, uh, in early May. We have a little girl uh, who is three and she comes up to communion with her parents and she wants, she wants one. <laughs> and she, she says it. So she comes up, mom or dad are holding her and then they have, a, she has another, she has like a baby sister. And so, you know, mom has one kid, dad has the other kid. And you can, you can kind of hear her as she comes up the aisle. Mommy, I, I get one, I get one, I get one. And then gets up to the front and mom and dad get one. And she goes, I want one. I want one. I want one. And, and, but doesn't get one. And so as mom and dad are walking away, she's screaming, I want one. I want one. <laughs> so you're saying we should move Holy Communion back to infants? No, like I'm just Eastern saying. Church? She, but she, she understands oh, okay. in one sense, like everyone here is getting something and I, I, I want one too. My, I, my mommy and dad are getting one. Uh-huh. I, you know, I want one. So I think that's something we can tap into with, with kids that God wants to feed his people, but, but to, yep. you have to be at a certain point, you know, so we say to like to our second graders, like, okay, guys, you, you know, you know, right from wrong. You understand things of the world okay. more than you did last year, more than you did when you were a baby. You guys aren't babies anymore. And so you guys, you understand you, you, you get what's going on here. And so let's talk about how God wants to feed his people. And then, you know, on the night before he died, Jesus gathered with his apostles and he called down, you know, and, and that's what happens in the mass. Like you see the priest up there and he calls down the Holy Spirit and the, and it becomes, you know, the flesh and the blood of Jesus. And like, and light bulbs start, start going off. It's just, it's a beautiful, you know, I think we, we call, we call the Eucharist a mystery, um, and, and we, I think we've talked about before, like not in the sense that it's something to be solved or not in the sense that it's, it's unknowable, mm-hmm. but that it cannot be fully known. 
Yeah. The mystery, the mystery of our faith. You know, I can't, I can't fully grasp everything we believe. Um, but I can grasp a lot of it. And so I think, especially with the Eucharist, it's important for every person listening. It's important for every Catholic to, that you have to first have an understanding of what you're doing and what we believe. Um, that's first step, right? You cannot give what you don't have. Yep. But then what we want to be, we want to be Eucharistic missionaries. Uh-huh. That's part of this, this Eucharistic revival that, you know, year one was like in the diocese, year two is in the parish, mm-hmm. and then year three is meant to be uh, that, we're, that we become missionaries, that we go out and tell other people about what we believe. And so it's important for everyone listening to, to be able to, you have to be able to articulate what if somebody asked you, hey, what do you Catholics believe about the Eucharist? What would you say? You need to be ready to have that answer. So based yeah. on what we've shared with you, you got to get get on the podcast and get reading, get to the catechism. Get on the bus, read, Gus. Read John chapter six, read the institution narratives from the seven Gospels. Sec- seven Secrets, seven of, the secrets U- of the Eucharist. By Vinnie Flynn. Um, yeah. There's there's good stuff. Brant Petrie. God with us by Joseph Ratzinger. Um, Bishop Barron's little book um, that he just came out with that we're going to buy a copy for everybody in the parish. Um, this is my body, English and Spanish. Those are resources to, to jump into. Um, wow. Because the Eucharist is the source and the summit, man. It's it's the center of our faith. So we got to believe it, mm-hmm. and then we got to be able to articulate it to others. All right. Happy summer. Happy summer. God Peace. bless. Pray for me.